we would be honored if you would join us. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Dungeon Crawlers, where it's that time. It's that time for us to say, guess what? There's going to be some spoilers. So if you haven't heard what we're going to talk about here shortly, then that means pause it, go away, go do what we tell you to do. Because we're going to be talking about one of the greatest shows. Actually, it is now dubbed one of the top 10 greatest shows as far as revenue of all time that it would be spider-man no way home um we're just gonna leave it at that i don't want to say anything more witty or anything about that because that's really amazing um considering the season of films that we've gone through with covid the pandemic uh viewership has kind of been really low and this film has challenged that and said, yeah, when you have a good story, a good premise, good dialogue, good actors, you will get people to come. But Daniel, I looked over and noticed that Alton has decidedly less facial hair today. What, what's going on? Uh, there's more than less facial hair going on. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, folks, uh, Alton is not joining us this, this evening. Um, instead, we have Mandy Brown on the show. Mandy's been on the show before. Uh, she runs Reach as well as Utah Pirates. So uh, she uh, went out and saw the film and kept pushing me to go see the film so she could finally talk to someone about it. So she's going to be on the show talking with us about the film as well. Mandy, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you here. It's nice to see you. It's nice to be back. Yeah. Now, normally yeah. Mandy's like sitting at the table with us and causing all sorts of mischief, but unfortunately we're all on Zoom, but that's okay. And you may have caught in her response, this is not Mandy's first foray into the crawling of dungeons. No, no, no. For all yeah. of you people who've been listening for a long time, you'll recognize her. Yeah. Um, sometimes she comes with pirates. Sometimes she comes with mermaids and other yeah uh fantastical folk that's what i'll use today fantastical folks so so one more time spoiler alert we are going to be reviewing discussing extolling the virtues and flaws of spider-man no way home if you have not yet seen this film highly encourage you to pause the podcast now go watch it because you've been slacking come back and listen to how right we are about everything or vice versa. Or vice versa. You're allowed you to disagree be, with us. We may be wrong in your opinion, but we'll just say you're wrong. I, you know what? Elton's not here. We're probably right. No, just teasing. Just teasing. Just teasing. I love Elton. No. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where Alton would go on this film. I'll be honest on that, on that one. I am curious um, to hear his opinion. But really quick, how many times has everyone seen the movie? I've seen it once. Three. Oh, jeez. I've seen it three times now. More time on your hand. Uh, well, when people say, hey, want to go see a movie for free? I go. That's right. When someone asks if you're a god or if you want to see a movie for free, the you answer yes. is yes. Mandy, yes. how many times have you seen it? I have only been there once. Okay. Yeah. So Daniel was literally the only one who had no way home. So he just stayed and watched it three times in a row. Yes. Got it. Yeah. And she saw it before Pretty me. Much. So I went and saw it the Friday that it released in the middle of the day. So is it fair to say then, because I don't know where you fall on the fandom spectrum, but like, is it fair to say that you're that? Well, well, let me ask you, 
where on the spectrum of being a Spider-Man fan are you? I am a Marvel junkie, period. I have Captain America shield and an arc reactor in my office. I did just get some Spider-Man guys in there as well. And she yeah, may or Toby may not all the way. Yeah, she may or may not host movies at events. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Okay, awesome. All right. So uh real quick, uh, did you like it? Yes or no? Mandy first. Oh, I loved it. It was amazing. And uh Daniel saw it three times, so I think that might answer the question. But Daniel. Uh well. This simply answers it. Uh, as far as Marvel, Spider-Man's the only character I really like. Oh, and so, yeah. well, okay. But that also means that you have kind of a high bar, a high standard for this sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I did like it. it. It was, it actually now is my favorite Spider-Man movie, which was tough to beat. That is, a, that, that's saying something big. Um, and I'm, I'm actually going to ask, so you're saying it's your favorite, like it's number one. Is that correct? It now is number one. That's amazing. Okay. I'm going to come back to that in just a second. Uh, I also loved the film, which means that our opinions might be a tad one-sided, but I'm also interested to see like what we didn't like about it or what we have questions about or what we disagree with. Yeah. But I adored it and it, it, I, I did not see it as pandering. I didn't see it as just you know, hyper fan service. And that's why it's no, no. The movie is just super well done. I love the story. I love the actors involved. Um, I love that. I didn't spoil it for myself prior to seeing it because I, you know, I I did my best not to watch a bunch of trailers. And if we count all eight Spider-Man movies, if we count all, and that's not including Venom and Carnage, although I do like those movies, I'm I'm keeping them separate. Yeah. Um, The eight Spider-Man movies, three Tobey Maguire, two Andrew Garfield, and then the three Tom Hollands. Of the eight, where does this movie rank? For Daniel, it's number one. Uh, Mandy, where does this movie rank for you in the eight Spider-Man films? Oh, I realize this also. Two. Sorry, I I was just going to say, this also does not include Into the Spider-Verse, I just realized. So my apologies. Think about that one. No, I would say probably around number two. I've been Tobey Maguire's number three movie with Venom. That's one of my favorite. Most people hate that one, but. That's interesting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm definitely in the camp where that movie was was, that was far a from my favorite. Yeah, I I felt the same way, but you loved it. Tell, tell hang on a second. I want to switch gears uh, on this. Man, Why, emo, emo, Peter. Uh, hey, look, hey, I, I'm not I'm not throwing shade because he was a little emo and he was into disco for about 10 seconds. Well, I'm not gonna do that. And this is the hard part for me. Sam Raimi is one of my favorite directors because, Yes, he uh, is, you know, because of what he's done with Hercules. What and you, Evil Dead and, and Evil Dead and Xena and uh, so many other uh, fantastic B-rated films, um, but man, that third Spider-Man was a mess. I, I'm with you on that one, but I'm really interested why Mandy likes number three yep, so we'll much because that's, that's an uncommon opinion. So it's probably because of Topher Grace and she loves. Well, him. I well I do love Topher. Don't oh, get me Topher wrong. Grace. horrible pick horrible pick for eddie brock i'm sorry um but but topher's a good actor like he's a solid actor eddie brock is a giant muscle bound dude that is not topher grace that's That's, why tom hardy fits the eddie brock 
uh, you know, profile because he looks it. But Topher Grace, oh. Well, yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear Mandy's opinion. Mandy, yeah, tell us yeah. why we're wrong in Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. I, I like part the fact three. we have some some difference of opinion here. Yeah, yeah. There we go. I like almost right away too. <laughs> why is Spider-Man three so good in your opinion? I just loved watching it and the different variables that went through with it and the way that they brought Topher Grace's character in. Now I know, like you said, he doesn't fit the look. I liked the way that he actually portrayed it and the way that he acted it out and like brought in like different evil factors to it. I have not seen the Venom movies though. I have not gone to those ones yet with Tom Hardy. So, but I, like I said, I really enjoyed the way that that was done. So the one redeeming quality that is here is in spider-man 3 they kept the actual eddie brock storyline where Mm -hmm. he fakes a photo peter discovers it gets him fired he happens to be in the same church uh, that peter's in and he's tearing off using the bell to tear off the venom symbiote which then drips down onto you know eddie brock who's angry at peter parker and we get venom so that's the actual traditional story we don't get that in the venom movie that's true so that is the one redeeming quality i can say about spider-man 3s we get the true venom symbiote uh thing however this the black spider-man suit in that film oh yeah so so not to get too deep into that Meyer, because I feel like we could really, you know, ha- have an adventure down. <laughs> we could that have a whole nother episode on that one. Yeah, that, that's an entirely different episode. But I do find it interesting, you know, where where Mandy's coming from because I think that that informs, like, we obviously have different perspectives about yeah. what makes these movies good. Um, we probably also have some shared views on this. Let's let's roll it back to No Way Home. So, okay. um, so now this is the third of the Tom Holland trilogy. The first Tom Holland Spider-Man, I enjoyed. The yeah. second one was, I, I felt less connection with the second one. You know, you have Mysterio in there. You have a lot of conflict. It ends on this note where like everybody knows who Spider-Man is, which is exactly where they pick it up at the yep. start of No Way Home. How, how did you guys feel about the way that uh, Far From Home played out? How, what was your stance on Far From Home? And um, yeah, let's start there. What, what was your stance on Far From Home? I mean, for me, I really, I, I, I liked it. Uh, I knew from the start, Mysterio's character. Right. Special effects guy that tries to be the hero. He gets discovered, blah, blah, blah. The twist I wasn't expecting is at the very end where he throws out the broadcast and says who Peter Parker is. Um, and then, you know, that kind of throws Peter Parker's life into, to, to havoc and chaos. Um, having Nick Fury there was kind of cool, but at the same time felt a little odd, especially since, you know, Peter is so young, but that's the only real way to try to combine that. Um, plus we had the, the story that Tony was dead, you know, and Peter's picking up and how do I go on? without him around. Um, so that kind of put a weird dynamic in it as well. So it's one of my least favorite Spider-Mans, but at the same time, I do like what they did with the Mysterio character. Um, he wasn't cheesy. He was solid and, and a strong character and, and eventually a, a good villain. 
I will say that by modern standards, Mysterio is a hard villain to sell, right? But to to your point, I think they did an excellent job of kind of surprising a modern audience with a a rather old villain uh, in the Spider-Man universe. Mandy, where did you fall on Far From Home? So I enjoyed it. It was good. It wasn't as good of the storyline, though I'll get you that. There wasn't as much connection thrown out as they did with a lot of the other characters. And I know in a lot of the interviews that you go listen to with Tom Holland, they talk about how they were trying to bring that almost teen movie style stuff to connect the characters into the Spider-Man trilogy. It's not as strong in that one. Like there's bits and pieces, but there is a lot going on that they're trying to put into it real fast, but I enjoyed it, so. And and again, like the way that movie ends immediately dovetails into the start of No Way Home. Now, how much did you know about No Way Home before you saw it? Like, did you see all the trailers? Did you see all the hype? Was, she watched there... every freaking trailer and was like coming up with all <laughs> sorts of stuff. I didn't need to watch the trailers. She was just like, did you see this? Did you hear that? Yeah. <laughs> so Mandy, did you spoil yourself with like all the media that was out there? No. So the big things, a lot of the trailers that I was watching is you see Tom Holland running in a black suit and it turns out we're like, was that the Venom suit? Like what's going on? And it's just the inside out suit because he's got green paint on it. I was like, yeah. what the, there yeah. was a lot of twists, but that's what Marvel's good for is what can they throw at you to mess with you? in these trailers. Yes. That is an excellent point that I hadn't considered. And again, I had, I saw the, did I see any trailers? I, I want to say that I saw like the first teaser maybe, Mm -hmm. but I purposely, I purposely avoided watching any trailers, any teasers. I did my best to dodge all the social media bullets so that nothing was spoiled for me. I did go in, with, you know, I, I had seen the rumor mill about the return of Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire and Tobey Maguire's like denying everything. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. So was Andrew. And so yeah. was Andrew like, nah, 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 nah. Um, and, but there was that part of me that was like, well, oh, I did see, I did see the first big release trailer where you see like Doc Ock is back and mm-hmm. there's obviously some Green Goblin and the lizard and like, and I was like, oh my gosh. Is this going to be like a big Spider-Man family reunion? Yeah. And I hoped it would have been. Well, not only that, they're also, you know, we also know that Doctor Strange is, you know, madness of multiverse is coming. Yep. We just saw Into the Spider-Verse where we saw multiple Spider-Mans. Um, so going into this film, there was a lot of expectations and hopes. Yes. Um, and, you know, I think they did a, a good job. Um, I will admit the MJ thing really, really bugged me through most of the Tom Holland ones. Cause it, it wasn't Mary Jane. It was Michelle Jones. Yeah. But till this film, it made it work. Yes. Um, and, and they did it in a really good way. Um, you know how it opens up and Spider-Man's life is thrown into chaos and turmoil. And then we get our first like surprise, you know, when they're sitting in the apartment and he has an attorney and we see Matt Murdock. But yes! not only that, oh! we see the Matt Murdock from the Daredevil MCU TV series. Charlie freaking Cox. Yeah. You know, and it's like, cause 
Before that, none of the TV series, other than Coulson, none of those characters have transitioned into the MCU. But Coulson was there first and then went to, to the TV series. Is he, so when is, I, he the only, is he the only TV series-based character to make it into the movies? Yes. Because Coulson point. started in the movies, then went to TV, then came back. Correct. He's the only one that's gone from the TV series over. Um, and that was a great scene, especially when the brick comes flying by and he snags it. And Spider-Man's like, how'd you do that? I'm a really good lawyer. I'm a really good attorney. Yeah. It's just so great. It was a great scene. That was a super treat for me, which actually brings me to my next question. I want you to think about your first time watching the movie, first time. And I realize there's some low-hanging fruit here, but let's try to diversify our answers just a little bit if we can. Um, top three things. Top three things in the movie that just utterly satisfied you as a fan. Like, what three things were your favorite things in this movie? Have Mandy go first. <laughs> yeah. Mandy, go first. So the redemption, like the redemption of the Spider-Man, that was the bomb. <laughs> um, uh, be more specific. What are you talking about? The, the fact that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man got to save MJ when he couldn't save Gwen and... You get our other Spider-Man comes in and rescues them before he has a chance to kill anybody and like stops all of that from happening to our Tom Holland. Like Tobey Maguire like ceases all of that. And the stab comment was pretty, pretty awesome it right was there. So the redemption from all of that, you also get all the redemption of all of the villains, but that's created like a whole nother chaos in my own realm of curiosities on multi-levels where things are going i have so the, many i could answer that <laughs> yeah the tie-ins with mj watson where they actually added watson to her name when they called her michelle jones watson i was like yeah. that's actually kind of funny now that builds a little bit more into the character and adds another layer to her they did do a lot with the kids which i loved a lot on how they brought them in to everything on how everything was going to work and ned talking about the magic and dr strange just basically writes him off next thing we know he's i get portals i get tingly fingers sometime <laughs> whatever kid go have that checked out yeah so, but yeah those things are my favorite things uh go ahead daniel um well i mean the the biggest thing is the appearance of the two is andrew and toby showing up um you know when ned opens the portal and you know andrew garfield jumps in because i'll be honest he's my he is my favorite peter parker and spider-man um i know not a lot of people agree with that but i really felt like he was more peter and spider-man because the thing i hated the most with toby was the natural web shooters which they that definitely brought in, they oh, yeah. brought into the film yep and the fact he kept ripping his stupid mask off all the freaking time it seemed like every movie, his mask was coming off. But anyways, um, so the appearance of both of them, um, the the, apparent, uh, the villains, I think the villains did a wonderful role uh, coming back. Um, each of them played their own uniqueness. And then the fact that Benedict, Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange was humbled a little bit in this film. 
Um, you know, we've always seen him as kind of arrogant. In this film, he, he gets beat by a high school student that knows geometry really well. You know, and then we see a high school boy that said he gets tingly fingers, like bring him back. And he's like, did you just open a portal? Yes, sir. Huh. And then he goes on his way. Um, but no, well, and then the very end where Peter makes his sacrifice and you kind of see, you know, him, Dr. Strange realize there's more to this kid than I thought. He's not just some high school kid. Like he, he thought in the beginning, because let's face it, he did ask a really stupid question and then he kept adding more and more as he's trying to cast a complex spell. So, um, and the other cool thing, I don't know if you paid much attention, but in the rifts, you saw other Spider-Man yes. villains yes. um, that appeared. Um, so it goes to say there are so many different universes out there where vil- certain villains know who Peter is, um, So, which I like that because we know right now, we know in this universe, the Vulture knows who Peter is. Yeah, you know, in previous ones, Osborne and Octa- Octavius knew who Toby was. And then in the Andrew Garfield one, we know that the Lizard and uh, Electro knew who he was. So I really liked how they brought all those in. And when I saw the trailers, because I did see the first trailer, we saw those villains. There's no way they could have had this story without bringing the other two Spider-Men in. It just wouldn't have worked, in my opinion. No, that's fair. Um I have oh, naturally I have some very similar answers to both of you. I I love that you hit on the redemption aspect, Mandy, because that's exactly what came to mind. In fact, I think I cried three or four times during that movie. And yeah. the time and the time the time that I actually had to like cover my face because like I wept the hardest was when Andrew Garfield jumps after MJ saves her. And they're standing there and his eyes are just full of tears. And he's like, oh, yeah. okay. And like, oh my gosh, that just, oh, punched me right in my heart. And I loved everything about it. Um, I, I loved how gently self, well, maybe not so gently self-aware, but how self-aware this movie was. Um, they, there are like three, there's like at least three pockets of time where the three Spider-Mans are standing around talking to each other and they're making references to what makes each universe different they talk uh-huh. to andrew and they're like you're amazing because he's the amazing uh-huh. spider-man yeah. right and they they that the, you brought this up uh daniel as well where like you know toby mcguire looks at them while they're like loading up their web fluid yeah, he's like what are those what are those oh, oh this is a web fluid for my shooters he goes you can't do what yeah, yeah. And, then he, and he just fires it off and they're like, like whoa <laughs> And then, they, and then they get into all these weird questions. Like, I, I just have all these questions about, you know. Um, Where does that come from? <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's hilarious. It's well done. It's not campy, at least not to me. There might be more jaded movie viewers who are like, oh, how tropish. Oh, how predictable. But no, that was like a good spirited jab at itself. And, and they touched on all the things that we have been talking about for 20 years, which is, which is the controversy of the natural web shooters. I remember when that happened and I didn't like it. I was yeah. like, 
I was like, but one of the best parts of a Spider-Man story is when he loses his web ability and now he has to think outside the box. Yeah, when he when he runs out. And so now he's like, okay, what am I going to do? Um, yeah. You know, I, I do like the fact that they played on that. And it's like, so it's a different universe. So he has di- different abilities and stuff like that. And yeah, uh, I like the campiness because that is what Spider-Man is. Spider-Man is campy. He makes jokes. He cracks jokes. Yes. He does silly, goofy stuff. Um, that's always been kind of a core thing with Spider-Man. You read the comics and he's cracking jokes and saying dumb things. The cartoons were the same way. Um, so I think it fits, you know, especially like the last battle when they're not even coordinating with each other. And, you know, you know, Spider-Man 2. Oh, I, I thought I was two. No, I'm two. You know, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm three. I'm three. You know, that's fine. You know, and, and my my favorite thing is where like Tom Holland Spider Man's like, not to brag or anything, but I was part of an event. I was part of the Avengers, and Toby McGuire's like, great. What's an Avenger? That's great, man. What's like, what's Avengers? And how does this help us? Um, yeah, that moment when Tom Holland realizes that the other two Spider Men never had to go through the blip. Yeah, right. Despite I should yeah. say Spider Man's, but anyway. Yeah. Um. Let, let me allow me just for the sake of time to push forward to the next topic here, which is um, so and you touched on this moment again uh, a moment ago, Daniel, but I want to take this from two two vectors. OK, uh, who is your favorite Peter Parker and who is your favorite Spider-Man out of the three out of the three? So let's start with Peter Parker. Who's your favorite Peter Parker, Daniel? Oh, you're going with me. Well, all right. Uh, favorite Peter Par- Parker still will be Andrew Garfield. And what do you find most appealing about him as Peter Parker? Um, well, he's a little bit older. Um, and he just looks the part. You know, uh, nothing against Andrew or Tom Holland, um, because they definitely went with a much younger version of him. But there is just, with Andrew Garfield, there was a lot more of the techie stuff. You could see that he was a scientist. You could see that he was, you know, building, we watched him construct the web shooters, stuff like that. When Tom Holland showed up, he was in sweats and goggles. Um, so it was, it was a much different uh, Spider-Man experience for me. And it just, so that Peter Parker didn't fit my mold. Um, and, and again, with the Spider-Man, I, I st- still with Andrew, I, I know but Tom Holland is, is, is growing on me um, as he develops and matures more as Spider-Man because he's getting more films. Yeah. Um, he's definitely growing on me, uh, especially with the sacrifice at the end. That's definitely very Spider-Man. Uh, he's very, everyone else matters more than his well-being. You know, he gave up his chance to go to MIT. He gave up his chance to have MJ there because that was the better thing to do to save everyone else. Mandy, who is your favorite Peter Parker? So Toby Maguire has always been like my favorite, but if you actually go by who fits the character, I think Tom Holland has it more, but it's really funny because like, as you watch the three of them interact, you can see the three different styles that they are yeah. where you have Tom Holland, who is more goofy, who's more jokey. And you get Andrew Garfield, who's got the more like, heartfelt story to what's happened in his life and like that sorrow and that deepness to him and then the growth in Tobey Maguire and how long it's been since he's been Spider-Man and all the changes and adaptations between them it's like 
quite like intriguing to see that and actually have them play that completely up with all three and dominantly show that. But as far as like Spider-Man himself goes as being a goofy kid, it's Tom Holland. You know, uh, throwing it in that perspective, early Spider-Man comics is probably Tom Holland. You know, back when the character was in high school, he does a great job of that. I would say 70s, 80s Spider-Man and Peter Parker is Andrew Garfield. Uh, The later stuff that we've seen through the 2000s, um, especially with the storyline where Peter Parker uh, makes a deal and then Aunt May, well, Aunt May and Mary Jane all forget about him. That would definitely be the Tobey Maguire, the more mature, especially in this movie that we saw, the more mature, um, really uh, confident with his abilities and himself. Um, that's the that's the Spider Man we see in those later comics that we saw there. That's very interesting to me. I and especially because, like, I, of course, growing up, I, I've seen the comics throughout my life, but I I do not dare claim to be an aficionado on that content because I've only seen it like window shopping. I've only seen it in passing and, and mm-hmm. you're more steeped in it for me, just understanding the Peter Parker character, um, you know, for a long time, uh, Toby Maguire was my favorite because I, well, I mean, I mean, for a long time, he was the only right. But even yeah. after Andrew Garfield, I was like, you know what, there's something just special about Toby. And I think Toby Maguire as Peter Parker is still my favorite because he has, that hopefulness that naivete Mm -hmm. he has he's he's obviously a growing man but he still has that youthfulness about him that like childlikeness about him um and in terms of spider-man and i think this might be true even now in terms of spider-man just spider-man i think andrew garfield does the best job in his body movements in his sarcasm uh, he's, I, I think in terms of like being like the, the snide snarky Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield nails it. Toby Maguire is sort of like almost dad joke level. And Tom Holland, <laughs> Tom Holland is almost like goofy, accidentally funny. Right. But Andrew Garfield, I like that moment where he's like, Oh no, you found my weakness. It's yeah. really small knives, you know, yeah. just like. And but his body movements, like I, mm-hmm. anytime I watch Andrew Garfield as Spider Man, I am transfixed on just how he moves, which I think speaks volumes because he's got to perform behind a mask. Well, yeah, and and that's a lot of what you see in the comics, you know, where he makes those those comments like, "Oh no, it's knives." Yeah. Um, but again, even I think Tom Holland did do a good job as a much younger Spider Man. You know, when we saw him show up in Civil War. You know, and he's getting all excited. What you, you got a metal arm? You know, because he, he's that science nerd and he wants to figure yeah. that out. Um, so they all have definitely have their merits, and absolutely I think they've done a great job. And then to bring them together like they did, yes. Um, I think was a real it was a good befitting thank you to the original two. Um now it would have been cool if we would have seen the other Spider-Man from the the '70s film, but that dude would have been way too old. Um, oh, Japanese Spider-Man would have been a great oh, that, pick. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, I like that. It gave a really good ending to each of those characters, even though we didn't get to see him in their own cinematic universes. Yeah. Uh, we got to see that Toby Maguire Spider-Man and Mary Jane did make it 
they're still together. It's still rough, but they're still making it work. You know, we got to see that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man that was angry, that was hurt, was able to redeem his mistake. Uh, you know, he thought, you know, he thought he was doing the best he could to save Gwen and it didn't. We got to save Mary Jane and that that helped him. Oh, such a um, great moment. You know, and of course, they all hugged each other like they were brothers. I mean, how weird would that be to find another copy of yourself that doesn't look quite look like yourself? But now you're like fighting against villains that you, you guys know. Um, so, yeah, I think it was all all the way around a great story that just tied all three of those Spider-Man characters together that now we can move on with Tom Holland knowing that the other stories have been tied up. Yeah, which actually is like one of the like the crown jewels of this film. This mm-hmm. film did so many things for me and I'm sure for everybody. One was exactly what you just said, which is, you know, I felt like Andrew Garfield got short shrifted, right? Like I felt like, oh, he did. He he deserved a trilogy, but because the second one, his second film, and it's not his fault, but the second film was just not that good. It was, it was kind of almost cringy, uncomfortable, not good. Well, I mean, you had Jamie Foxx as a very weak electro, which he improved on. He was a much better electro in this one. Well, because they allowed him to be Jamie Foxx and not yeah. like some, you know, shoehorned into some unbelievable nerd character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we had a very uncomfortable Norman Osborn that just didn't fit the mold. Um, and the film just didn't have a good merits. You know, the first one with the lizard was OK. Uh, I really wish they I would do pick, like that one. It was good, but I really wish they would pick some different villains. Uh, for him to start out with you know with with toby we got the green goblin then we got doc ock and then we got then we got the menagerie yeah uh, with sandman and venom Venom and 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 green goblin too uh, with harry or hobgoblin hobgoblin's mac mcgregor so it it had to have been green goblin too i don't know you're probably right you're probably right it was harry um it was just really weird and but they were trying to play different characters. Like we got the Vulture. The Vulture is actually one of the first villains that Spider-Man ever faces. So that was a really good one. And I thought Michael Keaton's rendition was pretty solid. Yeah. And the way they introduced it and made it believable, great. Yeah. Um, but I do think he was Andrew was shoehorned. He didn't get an opportunity to show again because Marvel didn't like him. Sony did, but Marvel didn't. So That's we right. got Tom Holland. And this... This is why this movie is my favorite is we got to see all three of them together and, and all their virtues at the same yeah. time. Right. Yeah. And they're, and, and, they, and, and the multiverse explains why they're allowed to be different yeah. spider people. Yeah. And that right? was the, that was the nice thing is they didn't try to make them all the same. Each one of them was their own separate Peter yeah. Parker slash Spider-Man. And they also didn't try to keep them the same age. They were the last time we saw them. Oh yeah. So, in a, in a way, it almost speaks about like every age, if you will, or every generation needs a Spider-Man. It's yeah. not one. It's not like one parallel universe of of Spider-Man's timeline, and then it's over. However, but- because of this film, Sony has now greenlit a Black Cat Spider Gwen film. So that's I am and, not opposed. And um. Uh, no, uh, uh, Emma Stone is returning as as Gwen Stacy to play Spider Gwen. 
but she's dead. Well, that one is. That one is, but not the other. Yeah, yeah. different universe. Yeah, because it would be a different universe because Peter dies in that one. I could get behind that. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm excited for that. Let's, uh, so let's, let's explore something that might be a little bit more challenging. And the question that I have is, is there anything about the movie with which you disagreed? Was there anything missing that you wish they had put in? Yeah. Um, what are what are sort of like the the traps, the tropes, and the negatives of this film, in your opinion? Let's start with Mandy. Yep. Go with her first. <laughs> Let's start with Go Mandy. With me. Oh, because Daniel's always more negative on everything than I am. No, nope, I am not. <laughs> you so are. That's a Scott reference. He responded negatively. <laughs> yeah, that's actually true. That's actually true. Um. No, Scott was pretty bad too, but um, I didn't find a ton wrong. I'm sure they could have brought up a little bit more with like the way the Spider-Man came up, like Andrew Garfield seemed more confused, but uh, when they brought in Tobey Maguire, he fully understood what was happening. So that was the the strange part. They could have touched on a little bit more on how they knew what was going on and nah. was like willing to just straight walk through those portals. But- That's just the power of being a really cool youth pastor. <laughs> <laughs> but but um, okay, okay, cool. So like, so Andrew was like, perplexed because multiverse stuff and then toby mcguire is like it's cool it's just queens right like well i mean i think that just comes with the maturity and the stuff that you know because he's the older spider-man he's gone through so many things his spider senses is more in tune because if you notice he's like i'm looking for your friend and he's in trouble so i think because of all of his experiences that we don't know of i mean there's many different iterations where spider-man's senses have been enhanced and stuff like that so it could be that because of everything he's been through he's more in tune where andrew has been angry and and he's had all this rage that he hasn't been able to develop those other skills like toby has you know go referencing uh into the spider-verse for a second yeah i thought of i thought one of the one of the many, one of the myriad brilliant things they did in that film was the way they handled explaining how the spider people came into that universe and mm-hmm. how they got caught up to Peter. Um, and like, okay, let's go over this one more time, right? Yeah. Um, I would love to see two short films around each of the, like one each of the Spider-Man, Spider-Mans where like we get Toby's story of how he got there and what he experienced prior to walking through that portal and tie it all together. I don't think it belonged in this movie, but I do think like a couple of like fan available short films would be really cool. Yeah. The problem with the Toby one is going to go, he's going to show up in like a black outfit and emo makeup and doing a dance with doing (laughs) the, doing the, he didn't get yoinked. He didn't get yoinked from Spider-Man three. He got yoinked from being 40 plus. You're right. right? But, but he's going to like, he's going to ham this up so he's no, no, going to no. well, he's going to do it that way well i don't i don't think toby mcguire would ever consent to that again and then andrew garfield how he appears is a portal opens up and he he ends up landing in a garbage can um i don't know that's just probably how I, probably that's how i would see it go um, but th- well that would make the films very short wouldn't it yeah so um, for me the thing yeah and, and i get different universe they went a different path um and i did cry in the scene but i'm really frustrated they didn't bring uncle ben into this universe you know uncle ben has been the cornerstone of the phrase 
you know, yep, yep. with great power comes great responsibility. I do appreciate they gave that to, to May. The second she said that, I'm like, crap, she's dead. Yeah. Um, but it has beautiful symmetry, though. It does. And so I appreciate that they kept to that. When that phrase is uttered, that person is passes on and she's been there. I really would have loved to see what Uncle Ben was like in this universe. But apparently, I don't know if he exists. I don't know if he existed in this universe. That one was kind of a thorn in my side. Um, and then the other thing that I really wish they would have kind of uh, kind of expanded on is Sandman. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he just kind of appeared. And he was kind of like this balancing back and forth, but he never solidified. Like everyone else was solid except for him until the very end. Why? Why did he not have enough control? Is it because the universe, it was a different universe? You know, Electro had more power. He was stronger, but Sandman couldn't solidify. That wasn't really explained. Um, I would have liked a little bit more explanation on on the villains. Um, But I do like, do like the villains the, the way you know bringing back all the original guys um william defoe uh, as uh, norman osborne and the green goblin did a fantastic job he, oh my he gosh con- especially better. especially when he was norman and confused and then he just he would flip on a dime and then we had that scene and um you know and then we have where they put the chip in uh doc ock and he's just like it's quiet like you just see him calm down, but more than that, I just, I, you know, the I have to bring up this scene. But when you know it takes on the nanotech, uh, the arms do, and then he hacks his arms. That was amazing. I'm like, how is he getting out of this? Uh, so I would have loved to see some more interaction there. That would have been nice. Uh, yeah. I mean, I it, it was. But I get it was a long movie, so it was a long movie. And while it was a tad, I I kind of I agree with you on that point. Where it's like I remember being in the movie theater and they they Deus ex machina, the the tentacles using the nanotech. Yeah, and 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 he like pushes two buttons and it's all pairing with new device. And I'm like, you mean new device that is a completely unique construct from another timeline yeah. that does not exist in your world. Mm-hmm. And they just happen to have like what Bluetooth 3.5 or something. I mean, like based on when it was made, I don't like how, and if any of you have ever gotten a new Bluetooth device and you try to pair it with your phone the first time, the first time it's just like, do you put in four zeros? Do you accept the pairing request? Does the other side have to accept it too? Oh, don't worry about it. It's Iron Man technology taking over Dr. Octopus technology from another universe, right? Yeah. So that part, like I remember watching that and it was, the reason I didn't like it was because the rest of the movie was so, in my opinion, elegantly done. And then to solve this problem is, is a deus ex machina moment with technology. As a technologist, I had a hard time like accepting it well everything else they had to build they had to create it yeah you know to to defeat um sandman they had to they had to come up with something to defeat electro they had to build something all these things but then you know they take on the nanotech and he compared that as cool as it was you're it was it was like really so the fight's over because he paired up and now he controls it uh uh, all right yeah um 
it was it was weird but but the rest of the movie in almost every way in my opinion was very intelligent oh yeah um even even like even in that moment where like doc goes to stab uh tom holland and tom holland moves the armor over his chest to block the needle right um and his tie gets cut in half in that moment because everything was so fast i thought they were trying to imply that it got so close that, that that the stabby stab got so close that it shredded the tie. No, it was the armor closing off that scissored yeah. the tie off. Yep. Right. Um, things like that. I find extremely intelligent because they thought about the detail. They thought yeah. about like the, the little things. Right. So that I love that. Um, but yes, the, the Deus Ex moment with the nanotech and the Doc Ock tentacles, that was the only thing I could really think of that really, I didn't like um, and that and possibly Ned's obviously bad wig. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I've seen worse wigs. I've seen worse, but especially as the movie got like older and as the movie ran on, the wig just seemed to get worse somehow. I don't know yeah. how, but that that's a minor gripe. If those are my only two gripes, then this movie's actually pretty darn good. So I've actually heard that the Doc Ock fight is actually supposed to be longer and they edited it down for time. So, and that's well, where- that's where Fork. the pairing, the pairing probably came in. So it's like we got to, we got to end this. So this is how we're going to do it. Um, because I'm of, hoping that we get something in the deleted scenes then, or like yeah. an animatics or storyboards or something, or a director's cut. I would also take that. I would take the four-hour Peter Jackson cut of this film. That's awesome. what I would do. I mean, we've already sat through a four-hour uh, Snyder cut of Justice League, which was far superior than the Whedon one we got. So you yeah. know, maybe we do get a four-hour. Uh, no way home. I, you know, maybe so. Uh, actually, a Zack Snyder four by three black and white would be kind of interesting, but um, no. But I love the color and the aspect ratio too much to do that. Anyway, um, yes. we're we're rapidly running out of time. I would like to ask you, and maybe this is a bit of a contrivance, but there are eight live action movies featuring Spider Man. Mm-hmm. If you had to put together a custom trilogy, what trilogy would it be? A trilogy. If you had to put together a custom trilogy, and and you can focus on whatever you want to focus on, uh, you can pick whatever eight whatever of the eight movies you wish. Hmm. And I realize this is kind of a contrivance, but still. Okay, I think I got it. Mandy, do you, do you have yours? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> okay, you keep thinking about it for a second, Daniel. You go first. Uh, so Tobey Maguire first Spider-Man because we see the origin of Spider-Man death of Uncle Ben then we go to Amazing Spider-Man 2 with the death of uh, Gwen Stacy and then we round out with No Way Home mine is very similar to yours and actually I like your justification for Amazing Spider-Man 2 I do Um, because I think that's more important than Amazing Spider-Man's origin yeah um my my original thought was the the first of Tobey Maguire, the first of Andrew Garfield, uh, because I think that's where he really shines as Spider-Man. I think it's just worthwhile watching his performance. And then No Way Home. Now, I realize that there's a lot of exposition in between these that are, yeah. that's lost, but that's okay because we're trying to put together an artificial trilogy anyway. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, but that that would be my trilogy, one, one, and, and three, respectively. Well, yeah, I mean, 
the reason I'm cutting out one with Andrew because I was I was originally thinking that, but it's like if we're, then we're just rehashing the origin. We You're get that absolutely with to- right. We get that with Toby, but we get that critical piece where of he Gwen fails, Stacey. where he fails with Gwen. I, I actually agree with yours more than moves, I agree with mine. Moves into, you know, moves into No Way Home, and I think even in number one, I see we see a lot of that failure too with Peter. Um, not only with Uncle Ben, but with how he handles uh, with Norman. Yeah. Um, and then we see with Henry, or not Henry, Harry, so that we have where he has that moment with Ned walks up to him. He's like, yeah, I held my, held my best friend you know, in my arms as he was dying because he became you know, like a villain. Yeah. You know? um, so we kind of get those key moments with those characters that builds up to this nice bow tie at the end. You know what? I, I agree with you. I think you've actually got the right trilogy. Uh, Mandy, do you have any thoughts on this? I'm going to actually agree with Daniel on that because you do get the main pieces that develop each one of those characters to who they are and where they're going with them. See, I don't hate everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just created the ultimate Spider-Man trilogy. Well, after complaining that they didn't kill Uncle Ben in the new one when we've already killed him twice. Hey, Uncle Ben always has to die. Always. <laughs> I mean, well, because Spider-Man requires tragedy for impetus, right? Like yes. he, ne- he needs the transformative peak experience of, of failure. Oh, well, I mean, that, that is his story. Um, and I think we see that with a lot of really great uh, heroes. Uh, yeah. Batman is the same way. Without yep. the death of his parents, we would not have Bruce Wayne slash Batman. That's right. Um, you know, uh, tragedy always begets heroes. Yeah. You know? um, we could also argue that tragedy. Well, we've had this discussion on the show before. The difference between a superhero and a supervillain is one choice, yeah. right? Like, like one or one bad day. It depends yeah. on how you look at it. Uh, tragedy always be always begets motivation. Yes. Do we use that motivation to be a hero? Do we use that motivation to be a villain? Yeah. I so, mean. The Joker, his wife and child died and he still did something for the mob and ended up getting knocked into a vat of acid by Batman, you know, then become some, some Tuesdays be like that. Yes. Uh, but, you know, that is the great thing about this character. He takes a moment where he makes a mistake and improves on it. Absolutely. Um, not only did Andrew Garfield go through that, but he lost Gwen. And then he redeemed himself with Mary J- MJ, not Mary Jane, Michelle Jones um, <laughs> in this film. You know, Peter made a mistake by going to Dr. Strange and asking all these questions messed up. And then he fixed that, made a sacrifice. Um, so that's that's just Spider-Man's core in his theme. Nice, nice. All right. I think we have the lightning round. This is going to be weird. I'm not part of this normally. <laughs> well, so. What happens whenever we have a guest on the show, especially one that we haven't interviewed yet, I get this opportunity to throw at them some just rapid fire questions. And all I'm looking for is like immediate reactions and responses. They don't have to be elegant answers. You don't have to go out, you know, back in time and recall huge details. I'm going to throw you a couple softballs. I'm going to throw you a couple softballs and then I'll ask you maybe one or two challenging questions, but are you ready for this? Sure. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Here we go. Pets or no pets? Pets. Uh, she hesitated. I know, right? Well, maybe it's just lag. Maybe it's just lag. Uh, <laughs> in, in terms of pets, dogs, cats, birds, or, n- or something else? Cats. 
Okay. Well, we can't always answer everything correctly, but that's cool. We'll just move on. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have any favorite breakfast foods? Irish tea. It's not really a food, but yeah. So Irish the- tea is that, is that with like rum? <laughs> or I'm so, thinking Irish coffee, but. I, I need to rewind here. She just yeah. said cats and she likes wearing leather. Hmm. Oh, I see where we're going, Selena Kyle. Yeah, I don't think she picked up on it, but that's okay. That's okay. Oh, that's I got okay. you. Okay. I have a partially completed cosplay. Oh, we almost have a, a Catwoman well, costume. In, All right. in, in that case, Catwoman or Black Cat? Mm. Mm. Alicia Hardy or Selena Kyle? Mm. Fast, 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 fast answer, go. I, I don't know. Oh. But I, or not Black <laughs> Yes, you already wear Black Widow. I do. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, On a scale of one to 10, how excited are you for the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse this year, theoretically? I'm pretty excited. So like on a scale of 10, like maybe seven, eight. Nice, nice. And then finally, where do you stand on the sci-fi fantasy 1983 film, Crawl? I haven't seen that one. That is correct. All right, so- Wow. When we, <laughs> so maybe we invite her to the viewing too. I love this idea. Like, so we've been, I, this is a film that I saw. She as has a, a space we could do it at. I, I do. Well, I, I love this idea. It, the more people we can get physically together safely, we should. Mm-hmm. And then open it up as a watch party to those who can't join us, like our I, friends from the Ohio uh, authors yeah. group. And we make Alton watch it again. Uh, we will absolutely, especially if he has a head injury. it's gonna make things so much better (laughs) all right well mandy you have been an absolute peach thank you very much for being on the show we really appreciate your insight your your um your wholesome fanaticism for spider-man thank you so very much for being part of the show tonight we appreciate you yes Yes. no problem glad i fill in for missing alton so real quickly because i some people might be interested because uh, you are in charge of Reach and Utah Pirates, uh, where can they find that information? So Reach, you can get at www.reachutah.org and Pirates is utahpirate.com. And you can gather both information. Reach is a 501c3 registered for education support programs and Utah Pirates an entertainment company. And the best part is, is they show up in cosplay. You could get pirates. I have pirates. two pirate ships too. I have a I 25 foot and a 35 foot pirate ship. That yes. is absolutely amazing. We need to make a whole movie where we're on a pirate ship or something. I don't know. Okay. Maybe we throw Alton overboard. <laughs> of course, that um, might be hard. He, we've got to protect that man's noggin. That's so true. Let's we'll we'll wrap it. We'll put him in one of those like inflatable hamster ball things, and then we'll toss him yes. overboard. Ooh. That's a good plan. Can we build a big cannon that fires one out? I'm hoping that we can build uh, uh, an appropriate like. <gasps> Ooh, a trebuchet giant. that launches one. Trebuchet is a great idea. I was thinking giant croquet. <laughs> Oliver might be able to do that. I know. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> awesome. Well, I have trebuchets. Oliver keeps making bigger. He's trying to make one big enough on a trailer right now. But we need one big enough that would launch someone in one of those giant inflatable balls. Or just cats. <laughs> <laughs> wow. This show, does not, this show does not actually endorse launching cats. Now, Humane Society is going to call us. Oh, anyways. All right. Let's move on. So, folks, if you haven't seen uh, 
No Way Home, and you've listened to this entire show, hopefully you now want to watch it. And shame on you for not pausing and going and watching it and coming back. For those of you that have watched it, share with us your opinions if you didn't like what our opinions are. If you have a different trilogy uh, selection than what I've selected, because everyone agreed with me, um, or everyone should just agree with me because I made the best selection. And I don't hate everything. So... (laughs) Very simply, uh, give us your insight. Give us your input. Go check this film out. It's it is a great addition uh, to the Marvel universe. Uh, I think they did a great, great uh, service to the previous two Spider Men, and we're able to wrap up this story very well. I'm excited to see where we go from here uh, with the Spider Verse. Uh, with not only that, with Venom, uh, with the new uh, spinoffs, with Morbius coming with the new Spider-Gwen, uh, with the Craven the Hunter uh, announcement, uh, with Aaron, what's his name, that played Quicksilver uh, in the Avengers movie. He's now going to be playing Craven, uh, Aaron Johnson or something like that. Is that what his name is? I can't remember. I forget. I have to look it up. Yeah, but, but I love uh, I'm excited. Uh, Sony is definitely, they've got a, a gold mine with this uh, franchise. And as long as they continue to do it right and within conjunction of Marvel, I don't, see it going back to marvel's hands but that's okay they're still doing it service uh and justice so uh give us your insight give us your thoughts uh go to our website dungeoncrawlersradio.com or email us at info at dungeoncrawlersradio give us those opinions and until then we'll catch you next time and dungeon crawlers tell your story no matter whatever it may be And no matter how many people you meet with your same name and choice in cosplay, always remember to be epic and don't suck. Or trebuchet cats into the neighbor's yard. Never trebuchet cats. Remember, the force will be with you. Always.